Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is changing lives in a changing culture with the unchanging truth. Our prayer is that these weekly messages will inspire you to life change through the principles found in God's Word. Let's join in for this week's message. Well, it's August, y'all. How many, can you believe it's August already? The year has just flown by, and in just a couple of weeks, what's going to happen? Come on. School is starting back up in just a couple weeks. All the kids are crying. All the parents are cheering. You know what I'm saying? Like, school is starting back up. We're going to get back into the routine and kind of get life back into that kind of routine. And summer's a great time. How many like summer? Come on. I like summer. How many of you had a good summer? I, I think we had one of our best summers at LifeGate. It was incredible what God did through the summer. I mean, you can't, who could forget starting off the summer with Chewbacca mom, Candace Payne? Come on, you remember? that. That was great. And then we had Kyle, my friend, come in and preach about what it looks like to be a godly family. We did Bible Month, and so many of you got involved in giving to Fire Bible, and you began to learn how to read the Bible and study it for yourself. That was awesome. And our kids, I see a bunch of our teenagers right here, man, they went on a missions trip, and they went to camp. Come on, our kids went on to kids camp, and I mean, all kinds of great stuff. The building started going up. It was an awesome summer, and I like summer. I'm telling you, man, summer's really one of my favorite times of the year because, man, what I like about it is I get to spend a little more time with family and things kind of slow down just a little bit and some of the routines of life kind of are a little different. You get to go on vacation. Anybody go on vacation this year? Come on, get to go on vacation. Some people are still doing that. You got like two more weeks to do that before school starts. And so you get to do that, get a little bit of rest and all of that kind of stuff. And, And I love that about summer, but let's just be honest for just a second, all right? The truth is sometimes in summer we get a little lax in some of the routines and if we're really, really honest, I've seen this as a pastor over and over, sometimes we even, you know, we go on vacation and sometimes we even take a little bit of a vacation from God. I mean, the truth is, I've seen this as a pastor, as I, as I watch some of you and I see that, hey, you know, that sometimes in the summer, like some of the routines and some of the habits and some of the practices and principles and things that really draw us into relationship with God, that sometimes in the summer, we kind of lax a little bit of that. And maybe we kind of take that little bit of a break from God. And so that's why this time of year, almost every year, when we start into August, what I really like to do, I think my job as a pastor is to really bring us back to focus. So everybody say focus to really bring us back to a focus to say, Hey, okay, we had summer and we had our fun, but man, it is time to get back into focus into our relationship with God. Cause here's the deal guys. I believe God has more for us. Come on. How many believe that today? I believe with all of my heart that God has more for every single one of you. And I believe in this month, God wants to do some amazing things in your life. If you will focus your heart and your attention really diligently upon him, I'm telling you this month could be the most life-changing month of your entire life. In fact, today we're beginning a brand new series called Encounters. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a little bit, but here's what I want you to know today before we jump into that is that this is more than just a series. Everybody look at your neighbor, tell them it's more than just a series. Come on, look at the other neighbor on the side. It's more than just a series. It's more than just like, it's more than just 
four sermons and, and that kind of stuff. No, 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 no. Like, I believe this month God wants to encounter us in a new and fresh way. I believe this is a new season for our church that we're about to step into and God is going to reveal himself to some of you. He's going to answer some of your prayers. He's going to open your eyes to see him in a new and a fresh way that if you will turn towards him, he truly will turn towards you in big ways. Because here's the deal. I believe this is what God wants. God wants us to encounter him in a real and life-changing way. In fact, it reminds me of this passage in Exodus chapter 33. I love this one. The Bible says about Moses. Check it out. It's on the screen. It says, the Lord would speak to Moses. What? Everybody say these words. Would speak to him face to face as a man speaks with a friend. Like, think about that for just a minute. Like Moses had such a relationship with God that it was like not just this big God, this celestial being up in the sky, or not just this guy that I've heard some stories about that my grandma or my parents told me about or I heard in church. Like Moses had such an encounter with God. He had such a personal relationship with God that he could actually see him face to face, face, just like you talking to your friend. That is incredible. And here's what's even more incredible. Like God wants to have that same relationship, that same personal encounter with every single one of you. You go, okay, that sounds cool, Pastor. That's a nice little Bible verse, face to face, and that sounds good. Only one problem with that. The problem is that's Moses, and I ain't Moses. (laughs) But I want you to see what Paul says about it. Check this out. In, In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, I love the way it reads in the message. He says, and whenever, though, they turn their face to God as Moses did, what happens? The Bible says he removes the veil, and they are what? Look at these words again. They are face to face, and suddenly they recognize that God is living. Here's the deal, guys, that the same way that Moses saw God face to face, you can see him that way, too. That all you have to do is turn your heart towards him. All you have to do is turn your attention and your focus towards him. And you can encounter him in the same way that Moses encountered him. And that's what this message is about. That's what this month and this series is really all about as a church and as a pastor. Here's what I want to do. I want to lead us into a season for these next four weeks, a moment in the life of our church where we deliberately turn our face and our attention, our focus more towards God. And I promise you, if we will, man, God will show up and we will encounter him in a powerful way. You say, well, pastor, why are we doing this? I'll tell you why. Because I believe, man, with all of my heart, that in fact, this is our bottom line, kind of key thought for this whole series, is that we don't just need an explanation. We need an encounter. The truth of the matter is, guys, we come to church on Sundays, and we hear a lot of explanation. We hear a lot of words, and words are good. Don't get me wrong. I'm telling you, that's what I do. You know what I'm saying? And so every single Sunday, I come and try to give you words, a word from God that will inspire you. Maybe maybe make you laugh just a little bit. Maybe sometimes even make you cry. If the sermon's really bad, you might really cry, you know. And I try every week, like, to really give you something that will help you in your walk with God. But here's what I know, guys. Like, it don't matter how good my words are if they are not accompanied by the power of God. Like, I can explain it till I'm blue in the face, but if you don't have an experience with the almighty living God, it ain't going to change your life. In fact, even the word of God, we know, and we talked about it in the last series, 
is life-changing and it is powerful, but only when it is accompanied by the Spirit of God and the presence of God and the power of God. And so this month, man, what I want to see us do is not just come on Sundays and hear a message, and I'm going to do my best to bring great messages, but man, I really want us to have an encounter with God. I want us to see the power of God show up and work in our lives. In fact, this is kind of our key our key verse for this whole series. We hear what Paul says about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 3. Look what he says. He says, I came to you in weakness and fear with much trembling. For my message and my preaching were not with wise or persuasive words, but with a what? Everybody say it out loud. With a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Paul says, hey, I'm not just trying to convince you. Man, I could probably convince you, but if I did, you'd leave and someone else would change your mind. But if you have a demonstration of the power of God, if you have an encounter and experience with the real and living God, I'm telling you, it can change your life. And this is where we're going in this series over this next four weeks. In fact, the beginning of the, of the summer, I really just prayed and asked God, like, what does the summer need to look like? And what is it going to look like as we're heading into the fall? And I do that all the time. And I felt like as I was doing that, like the Lord just kind of gave me three words. And those three words were know, show, and grow. And, and so this is kind of what's leading our church. Like, you know that back in, in July and in, in our Ephesians series, the whole point of the series was, hey, know God. And the more you know God, man, it changes your life. And how do we get to know God? We get to know God through the scripture and through his word. And so You've, some of you have been reading the scripture beginning to know God more deeply and more intimately. But now we're making a little shift into the next thing is the show. And I believe that God wants to show up and demonstrate his power in your life. And some of you are here, you need it. Because some of you are here today and you're like, man, I got some stuff going on. Like, I got some things that I can't do on my own. Like, I am powerless to make the difference. Some of you are here today, and you're like, man, I'm dealing with some stuff in my marriage, and if God don't show up, man, it's going to be too late. It's going to be too much for us. Others of you, you got financial things where, man, you're stressed out about it all the time, and you're trying your best to make it happen, but you just need a supernatural work of God to work in that issue in your life. Some of you got some family stuff. Some of you got some stuff in your health, and maybe even got a doctor's appointment. You're going to the doctor's appointment. You're scared to death about what the doctor's going to say because you got stuff happening in your body that you just, what you need is you need a supernatural encounter with God because nothing can change your life except a supernatural experience encounter with God. And this month, I really believe that God wants to bring us to that place that many of you today, that God wants to show you his power. I like the way Mark Batterson says that he wants to show up and show off in your life. And I believe that's what's going to happen. And so here's what we're going to do in this series. To really build our faith, what we're going to do is we're going to look at four different people who had encounters with God in the Bible, and we're just going to see what we can learn about that, and then we're going to prepare ourselves to really believe that God's going to bring His presence in a new and a real way in our church and in our lives. The first one we're going to look at today is a guy by the name of Isaiah. In fact, if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn to Isaiah 6 and verse 1, because that's where we're going to be here today. And while you're turning there, let me just tell you about Isaiah. Isaiah is widely regarded as one of the greatest prophets of the Bible. Like, if you don't know who Isaiah was, he was a guy in the Old Testament that God used in incredible ways. He would have these encounters with God, and then God would use him to speak words to the people of God to bring direction as he prophesied those things. And this is what we see happening in Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 1. Isaiah is having an encounter with God. And check this out. Look what it says. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. High and exalted, 
seated on a throne. And the train and the robe filled the temple. And above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet. And with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips. I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew down to me with a live coal in his hand, which had been taken with the tongs from the altar. And with it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, everybody say it aloud. Here I am. Send me. And you talk about an incredible encounter with God. Isaiah saw the Lord. Can you imagine? Put yourself in Isaiah's shoes that Isaiah saw God on his throne. I mean, so incredible what that would have been like. And when you have an encounter with God like that, it can't help but change you. In fact, we see this happen in Isaiah's life. We see, I believe, three changes that happen inside of Isaiah because of his encounter with God. In fact, if you take a note, you can write them down. Three things that I believe will happen to every single one of us if we have a real encounter with God as well. The first one is this. Write it down. When I have an encounter with God, here's what happens. It changes the way I see God. I mean, think about this. Look at what it said right there. It says, Isaiah said, I saw the Lord. Like he had this encounter with God and saw him. And what happened when he saw the Lord? Suddenly he saw how great God was, how big he was. He said he was high and lifted up and the train of his robe. I mean, think about this. Just the tail end of his robe filled up the entire temple. That's how great and how big he was. And all of the angels were gathered around and they were bowing down and they were singing to God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And suddenly, man, when he really had an encounter with God, suddenly he could never see God the same again. Because he saw how big he was and how holy he was and yet how close and personal he was. You know, the truth is today, I see this as a pastor all the time. I think one of the biggest problems In the world today, many of us, the biggest problem in our relationship with God is we have a wrong view of God. In fact, wrong view of God will cause all kinds of other problems in your life as well. In fact, there are many of you here today, and you you see God, you don't see Him the way that He really is. And you know what you need? You need an encounter with God that will open your eyes to see Him for who He really is. Some of you here today, I mean, you don't see God as big enough. Like, in fact, you you see your problems, you see the struggles, you see the stuff, you see the health issue or the marriage issue or the financial issue or the emotional thing or the dream that you're believing for, but it's not happening. And you see how big the situation is, and the situation is so big that you don't see how big your God is. And in this passage, man, we see Isaiah saw the Lord, and what did he, what was the first words? He said, he's high and lifted up. He's big. He's great. When I saw him, I saw that he was bigger than anything that I would ever face in my life. Some of you, man, this month, here's what you need. You need an encounter with God that will change your perspective of him, that you will begin to see him for how great and how big he is because, yeah, you got problems. Yeah, you got struggles. Yeah, you got stuff going on. I got problems. You got problems. All God's people's got problems. You know what I'm saying? 
But there's a God who's bigger. And maybe you need to see him for how big he is. Maybe, let's just be honest, maybe some of you need to see him for how holy he is. Maybe some of you, let's, let's just put it where it is. Maybe some of you have become too familiar. You know, here's the danger. For some of you, you grew up in church. Some of you didn't. I'm so glad that you're here. But some of you grew up in church. And you've seen it all. You've heard it all. Maybe some of you even been at LifeGate for years and years. And so, you know, most of the time in August, we put prayer walls up and we pray and we do this kind of stuff. And maybe some of you go, oh, I've seen all that before. And we've done that before. And, you know, I've prayed for my marriage before. Or I've prayed for that situation before. And, and maybe sometimes we even become so familiar that nothing gets our attention anymore. I've heard all the stories. I know all the stuff. Maybe, maybe some of us are a little bit like, like when Jesus went back to his hometown, they saw him not as Jesus the Savior. They saw him as Jesus the little boy that they knew growing up, and the Bible says they didn't honor him. And because of their lack of belief, the Bible actually says that he could not do any miracles among them. And there may be some of you that are here today, you don't see God as holy enough. Like you've become too familiar with the church thing, and I've been in this thing for a while, and I know what pastor's going to say next. And so maybe you're even in that place where you might even be limiting the miraculous in your life because you need to see him in a new way, that he is holy. Maybe some of you, you, you just need to see how close he is. I mean, what's so amazing about this story is that he was high and lifted up, his train filled the temple. The angels couldn't even look, look upon him. And yet that same God who was so big and so great is the same God who came down to this earth in the form of Jesus so that he could have a personal relationship with us, God with us, that he is close. Yes, he is big, and yes, he is holy, and yes, he is great, and yet he is as close as the mention of his name today, guys. When I see God, man, when I, when I have an encounter with God, here's what happens, man. I see God differently. But then notice what happens. Not only when I have an encounter with God, not only do I see God differently, guess what happens? I see me differently. Like it changes the way that I see that I see me. I mean, this is what happens with, with, with Isaiah. I mean, first of all, he says, I saw the Lord. He's high and lifted up. Imagine how small Isaiah must have felt. Like, here's God on his throne, his train fills the temple. Imagine that that suddenly he would have seen how big God was, but you know what that would have led to? He would have seen how small he was. Like, he would have realized, wait a second, like, I'm not such a big deal after all. In fact, I know some of you think you're kind of a big deal, but you're not. I'm just saying, you're not. God is a big deal. And then the closer I get to him, the more I realize, like, it's not about me. <laughs> it's not really about how I feel or about what I want. Life is not about me. In fact, just look at your neighbor. Tell him, life is not about you. <laughs> now tell, tell him back, it ain't about you either. <laughs> and you know what? In this world, man, this is one of the things we got going on in our world today. A lot of people who think the world revolves around him, around them. And you know what? That's the reason for an encounter with God. Man, suddenly you realize, man, I'm not really that big a deal. God is the big deal. It brings about a perspective. And then look what happens. He didn't just see how small he was. Man, he saw how sinful he was. Look at this, verse 5. He said, I'm doomed. I'm a sinful man. I mean, can you imagine that? If you are in the presence of of a perfectly holy God, imagine how dirty and how sinful you would feel. Like there's something about the presence and the holiness of God that causes us to realize, man, like I missed the mark big time. You know what it does? 
You know, what it, what it could do is you, you could think, well, that's going to lead me to feeling guilt. But that's not what God does. You know what it does? It leads you to a place of feeling humility. That, man, I know that I'm a sinner. And it leads you to a place of gratitude that says, man, I know I don't deserve it. But God loved me anyway. I am a sinful man. I can never measure up to the holiness of God. And yet he sent his son and he loves me. And what it does is it puts us, when we see God like this, it puts us in a posture of, of gratitude and humility. And maybe that's what we need. In fact, it's when we get into a posture of humility that God begins to show up. The Bible tells us about it in 2 Chronicles 7. It says, if my people who are called by my name will what? Will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. That's when I'll hear from heaven and that's when I'll heal their land. Maybe some of you here today, maybe that's why you're not experiencing the power of God moving in situations in your life. Maybe you need to come to a place where you realize, man, I'm small and I am sinful. And man, I need God in my life. And look where it leads him to. He doesn't just lead him to, okay, you're small and you're sinful. Yes, you are that. But then notice where it ultimately leads, that as he sees God, guess what? He shows him that, man, you are my son. You are my daughter. Look at this. In verse 6, it says, And then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And with it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips, and your guilt is taken away. Your sin is atoned for. Man, how powerful is that? That, man, when I have an encounter with God, yes, I realize, man, I'm small and I'm sinful. But then I realize that God's grace is so much bigger than that and that he has called me. If I'm a follower of Jesus, he has called me his son. He has called me his daughter. And even though I don't deserve it, man, I am his son or daughter. And that's that's amazing. Like, I see myself differently. In fact, this is why this month is so important. Because I believe, I believe that identities are forged in the presence of God. I believe that true identities are revealed in those moments of encounter and experience with God. We see this throughout the whole Bible. I mean, you see men in the Bible who God shaped their identity in those moments. Think about Moses. He was a man who was a slave. He was a man who was a murderer. He was a man who was a fugitive on the run. That was what he was that was his identity. That's what he was known for and known as until what happened? He had an encounter with God, a burning bush in the wilderness, and that encounter moment forever shaped and changed his identity. No longer was he murderer no longer was he no longer was he slave no longer was was he fugitive instead he was man called by god to be the deliverer of god's people man you think about a guy named gideon Man, he was a guy just hiding out. The enemy was around. He's scared to death of the enemy. He's hiding down in a hole. And what happens? That's what he's known as. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm not very, uh, don't have much courage. And I'm kind of scared. And this is who I am. I come from a little small family. And I'm nothing. But then he has an encounter with the angel of God. And what does that angel of God say? Angel of God says, Gideon, mighty warrior. And he's like, who? What are you talking about? There ain't nobody else in this hole. And I know that ain't me. And that encounter, that moment with God. Completely changed his identity. You think about Jacob. Man, Jacob was, what what his name even meant? Liar and deceiver. He was always one who was second best, always trying to strive to be better and to pull everyone else down so that he could be pulled up. And then what happens? One night, he has an encounter with an angel of the Lord that he wrestles all night and he 
The next morning wakes up and his identity has changed. It's different. He's not the same. In fact, his whole name changed. No longer was he Jacob the deceiver. Now he was Israel, one who had wrestled with God and one that God had chosen to even be the namesake of his people. Come on. And where did that happen? In the presence of God. See, here's the deal. When I truly see God for who he is, he will show me who I am. You know, I'll tell you something. In this world that we live in today, identity is one of the greatest factors, one of the biggest issues that people are dealing with. You see it, sexual identity, gender identity, racial identity, social identity, all over, and the world wants to shape you and name you. It wants to tell you you are what you did or you are what somebody did to you or you are all of these things. And God says, no, I want to have a moment. I want you to have a moment in my presence because a moment in my presence, when you see who I am, I'll show you who you are. This is what happens. This is why this is so important. And when you have an encounter with God, it'll change the way you see God. It'll change the way you see yourself. Number three, check this out. It'll change the way you see the world. In fact, check this out. Isaiah didn't just have like this encounter with God where he goes, oh, this is so wonderful. Let's just have one of those Holy Spirit goosebump moments. And we'll just stay here forever. No, what did, it, what did it say? Verse number eight, after he has this encounter of God, then he says, and I heard the voice of the Lord speak to me. Whom should I send as a messenger to my people? Who will go? And what was Isaiah's response? Here I am. Send me. I'll go. In fact, when he saw God for who he was and God began to show Isaiah who he was, guess what happened? He began to then have a burning heart for people in the world who needed to have the same encounter that he had had with God. And I'll tell you something, man. One of my biggest fears as a pastor, every August when we go into a series that's sort of like this, is that we could come to a place where, oh, it's so wonderful in the presence of God, and let's just stay here. We've reached the mountaintop, and this is what it's all for. Let's just cry, and let's just sing, and it'll be all good and wonderful. And I hope you cry, and I hope you sing, and all of that. But I'll tell you, there's more to it than just that. That the reason for an encounter with God is yes, we see him, and yes, we see us, but then our hearts are broken for people in the world who have not seen him in the way that we see him. God says, who's going to go? I'll go. Here I am. Send me. In fact, here's the deal, guys. An encounter with God, a real encounter with God, will not end with me. It will just be the beginning of here I am. Send me. Come on, tweet that out. That's good preaching. Hashtag good preaching right there. (laughs) So what do we do with all this? What does this look like for this month and for this season in our church? How do we have an encounter with God? Well, I'll tell you this. You can't plan for an encounter with God. God's God. He's going to show up when he wants to show up. He is sovereign, and I can't make him show up. But I do know this, although I can't plan for an encounter with God or for the church to have an encounter with God, I can prepare for it. And if I, get the, if I get the ground prepared and right, then I believe God will show up. In fact, Jesus promised us that he would. Look at this passage. I want us to look at it for just a minute. In, verse number, in, in Matthew chapter 18, verse number 19, look what he says. He says, again, truly, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything and they ask for it, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, what will happen? I will be there among them. What is Jesus saying? Jesus saying, hey, I'm going to show up when I show up, but I'll tell you how to prepare so that I'll show up. Here's how you do it. In fact, in this scripture, I think he gives us three things that we're going to hit real fast. Number one, and this is what we're going to do together as a church. We are going to agree in 
faith. So everybody say, agree in faith. Look what he says. He says, when two or three agree on anything, it will be done. Here's how we prepare for an encounter with God, for our prayers to be answered, for God to do the miraculous in our lives. We agree together. There's something powerful about coming together and agreeing in faith. And there are some of you that, that man, you got some stuff in your life that you need God to move. And here's what I want to tell you. As a church, we're going to agree together in faith this month that God is going to do those things in your life. In fact, every one of you, when you came in today at your seat, you'll see one of these blue, one of these little blue cards. And here's what we're going to do at the end of the service. We're going to give you just an opportunity to take whatever need you might have. You might write one, write one thing. You might write five things on there. You might write ten. But maybe some of you say, man, I need something in my family, or I need a job thing, or I need a healing in my body, or whatever it might be. We're praying to have children, and we haven't been able to, or whatever it might be. And we're going to give you a moment to let you write it on the card. And then at the end of the service, you're going to roll that little card up, and you see these prayer walls on both sides of the auditorium. You're going to be able to just go and put it on the prayer wall. Some of you say, well, I don't want anybody to look at my knee. Well, don't put your name on it because we're just going to pull it down and we're going to pray together as a church through this month. Our staff, our leaders, we're going to gather together and we're going to agree in faith. And I believe that this month the things are going to happen and you're going to begin to see those answers to prayer. In fact, that's why we got over at the sides little pink cards too that say prayers answered because I believe that you're going to see those prayers answered during this month. Come on, right? And maybe some of them won't be this month, but God is going to plant some seeds and God's going to, as we agree in faith. Come on, right? Second thing we're going to do is we're going to gather faithfully. Look what he says. He says, when two or three gather together, I will be there among them. And so here's what we're going to do during this month. We're going to recommit ourselves. I know it's been summertime. You know, I know there's still another week and a half before school starts. And so, hey, we're going to take our last minute trip or whatever. But here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Man, I'm going to ask you this month, would you make a commitment with me to say every every service during this month, every Sunday, I'm going to be here for this entire series. You already started out good by being here on the first one. Come on, good job, right? And just recommit yourself. What we're going to do every Sunday is we're going to give a little bit of extended time at the end to go to the prayer walls and to worship and to spend some time there. And we're going to gather together and do that. And then every Sunday night, everybody say Sunday night. That is tonight. Every Sunday night in the month of August from 5 o'clock to 6 o'clock, we're going to gather together for encounter nights. And we're going to worship. We've got some special things planned. We're going to have opportunity to pray over the things on the walls, to pray for others and to pray for needs and, and to spend some time in communion and worship together. And I'm just going to say, I believe if we will gather faithfully, Jesus promised he would show up and it might just make all the difference. We're going to agree in faith. We're going to gather faithfully. And then this is what we're going to do. We're just going to trust in God's faithfulness. He promised. He said if we'd come together in his name and if we would agree on anything, that he would be faithful and he would hear and he would answer, that it would be done in heaven just as it is going to be done here on earth. And so together, what we're going to do is we're just going to say, hey, in this moment, just like Moses did, we're going to turn ourselves towards God and put our attention, our focus on him. It's been summer and we've been scattered and we've been all these things, but now we're going to come back into a focus. And when we do, we're going to see him different. And it's going to cause us to see us different. It's going to cause us to see the world different. And God's going to hear some prayers and bring some answers. And we're going to encounter him in a way that will be life. Church.